Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My thing. I always I, do. We never delegated this out, Josh. You've just claimed ownership of it. Yeah, but I, I always do it. Well, Hello, welcome to guys. the Unlucky no. Frog. It's <laughs> things are going to change now, guys. Because okay. I'm on the scene. Right. I, well, no, no, it's fine. You down with the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. Careful now. Hello, and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, we're, we're just dismantling society right now. So. <laughs> are, you, are you are you feeling a bit shaken from these changes? What? Shaking you look, to your I'll, core? Look, shaking your jimmies? <laughs> my my jimmies have been rustled. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, cha- change is uncertain. You know. You don't change like change. The only oh, certainty gosh. is change. I know. I know. Um, so I just, I've just got to live with it. So yeah. is this turning into an intervention now, Josh? I don't know what this is anymore. I, I thought we Josh, were recording an episode. Take, let, like, relinquish control. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought we were doing a <laughs> episode of the podcast, but apparently this is like on the psych couch with Josh. Yep. Um, I'll talk about how I'm a bit you, of a control freak and a little say, OCD. Can I just say I'm, I'm uncomfortable with how comfortable you look right now. On the couch. <laughs> because I am uh, actually sat on the couch. For the benefit of the tape, Josh is wearing his joggy bottoms. Oh come on! Oh, come on. Nah, like you, no one wrong. needed to do. You didn't need to. Right. Okay. So this is not going out. This is going out to the patrons. Right? This is not going out. Uh, no. We're just going to. We're, we're just going to run with this now. Yeah. Okay. So um, basically, I've showed up in my uh, trackies yeah. uh, tonight because my. Levi's uh, were washed last night and denim denim takes a long time to dry so they're, they're still a bit sure. wet uh, yeah. and currently I only have one pair of jeans so yeah uh, that, that's okay but it was I, I was when when you came over I was engrossed in Red Dead Redemption <laughs> five minutes just later standing just... in my periphery and then I just stopped and like hold on are you wearing joggy bottoms <laughs> I don't think you've ever seen me I never wear these unless I'm like Confident, I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna see anyone today. <laughs> see, I would only think it weird if you had your had them tucked under your socks. I think that's, it's very that's, normal that's to wear the, joggers. That's the threshold. That's it. Tucking if you them in. Tuck them under your socks. That's a whole other level. So, so if <laughs> I if I do this now, is this gonna is yeah, this gonna upset you? I I just Why think. Why do people do this if they're not riding a bike? <laughs> by the way, like. I just think they're a bit of an uncouth garment. What? To be honest, like. Jog- <laughs> yeah, joggy bottoms. <laughs> the sign of, the sign of uh, a, 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 some sort of deviancy. I think so. Well, generally speaking, 
the, the, is it because of how easy they are to take off? I don't is know. That, is, is that the fear? Well, at, at the risk of sounding a little bit class distinctive, you know, when you grow up in Glasgow, you know, generally speaking, the people that venture out in joggy bottoms are, are more often than not up to no good. There so. is one thing worse than venturing out in joggy bottoms, though. In your pajamas. Pajama bottoms. Yeah. Yes, this is true. I think we all draw the line on that. Yeah. Look them into your socks. But do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to do this more often because, quite frankly, they're comfortable. All right. Yes. I'm normally sat in this, uh, in, a, in our, I'd say, recording studio. Yeah, it's our recording yeah, studio. I'm normally studio. sat in our recording studio in my jeans and I'm just like boiling hot. This is nice, loose, comfortable. It's great. It's great. Okay. There we are. So, board games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's what's been going on in the, the 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 world of tabletop gaming lately? So, lot lots of games seem to be getting errated at the moment. Or the, I'm finally going to do the errata episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh. deter- I'm determined to talk about it. I was going to say housekeeping. Yeah, we did. Well, we did have Patron Day recently, yes. didn't we? So that so that's why. We yeah, do. we do. Yes. We do have a bit of housekeeping, but we are also honouring Patron Day by doing a little roll call. Yes. Yeah. Some patrons. of these pa- patrons. Some of these patrons have been uh, donating to us for a very long time very long as well. Time, yeah. So, so, without further ado. On that, we also do have some new patrons too. Yes. We have to get some shout outs. But we are going to go through and we are going to honour each and every one of our current patrons mm-hmm. uh, to thank them for their ongoing love so, and generosity. Let's start off with the shout out for our two new patrons. Yes. Uh, joining us on the Wall of Fame, we have Ross Glover and Simon Marr. Woo! Now, I thank you guys. Um, Ross Glover, we met at uh, Glasgow Games Fest. Yes, he that's is, right. He is um, one survives, and Simon Marr. I remember having a very brief discussion with Simon Marr up at Tabletop Scotland. Well, there you there go. We were. we were ships passing in the night. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys, for yes. joining our uh, growing ranks of yes. Patreons. Uh, so, let, without further ado, let's let's go through some of these uh, some of these fine folks. Simon Harper. Woo! Ewan Bowers. Alan Gilmore. Scott Russell. Duncan Cowan. Barry Collier. Some guy called Tom Mannering. Yes, Ryan Trotter. Kevin Ogilvy. <laughs> John from Earth to Games. Uh, in Remote. Some podcast called We're Not Wizards. Some guy called The Giant Brain. Yeah. There yeah. we are. Look. So thank you very much for your continued support. It yes. is it is really appreciated. Yes. So uh, and if you too want to show your support to the Unlucky Frog, yes. by all means, feel free to drop onto our Patreon page and uh, as little for as little as one dollar helps yep. out uh, an awful lot. It's uh, through our Patreon we've been able to get some new equipment yep. basically, which has allowed us to do some videos. Yep. It's allowed us to start streaming. Uh, it it it's allowed us to see for you to see our beautiful faces beautiful with the lighting faces. rig that we have yeah. now. Yeah. So um, thank you, guys. We couldn't um, have done it without you. We do have one very important announcement to make. Uh, an additional oh. important yes, announcement, which is yeah. actually an important announcement in terms of the whole of the Unlucky Frog. Okay. Um. So in January, we will be having a. Special event. We will be hosting a special event mm-hmm. um, where we will be 
relaunching ourselves? Relaunching ourselves? Well, it's a surprise. Yes. Yes. I don't want to give the game away. Things will be happening in January, and our patrons are all invited. Yes. So keep your keep your eyes out for your uh, invites. Yes, I've as sent, they come in. I've sent save the dates already. However, I will get in touch with the two new patrons to make yeah. sure that they know what's Fantastic. happening. Fantastic. And if you want an invite to that, yeah, yes. just uh, just become uh, a patron. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> just give us your money. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So thank you very much once yep. again, patrons. Round of applause for the patrons. Woo! Wonderful. All right. News. Yeah. <laughs> so, for some reason, it seems as though this is the appointed season for doing updates for games. Mm. Probably just coincidence. But um, the two in particular, uh, both coincidentally set in the Age of Sigmar universe. Nah. Um, Age of Sigmar Champions um, is continuing to have some updates and they they still seem to be centering around the destruction faction. Right, is that is that still considered a bit stronger than the rest? Is that the issue? I think it is. Yeah. Um, I have been out of it for a little while because I think you know I'd, I'd said in an an earlier episode that I was feeling a bit scunnered of mm. um, Age of Sigmar champions, so I've not been keeping my finger on the pulse, as it were, but. Um, Stacking is being changed, so I think that you can now only stack onto units that say they stack. Oh, you can only stack on stackers. Yeah. Oh, because it used to be that you yeah. could stack, stack on anyone. On anyone. But the problem was, as we know, it, it meant that um, destruction were absolutely tearing yeah. through requests yeah. because of that, because they didn't have to think too much about mm. where yeah, yeah. they were stacking things onto. Um. To me, to me, it's really underpinning just how badly balanced destruction have been, because since the game launched, and we we're we're nearly three months into the game now, mm-hmm. and in all of that time, they have been making changes to destruction, yeah, and they still don't seem to have toned them down enough, and I I understand that they were going for four distinct uh, flavors, not just in terms of um, aesthetics, but in how the four factions were yeah. played, but actually, I I really feel like they made a mess with destruction. Yeah, I think the game would actually be quite finely tuned if that faction wasn't in it. Wow! All right. Um, it's been a while since I've played it. I must admit, I'm yeah. I'm hooked on the old car. Well, digital version of the cardboard crack. Uh, so I haven't been playing so much uh, Age of Sigma. The Champions. electronic crack. Yes, electro crack. Huffing them electrons. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Sweet. sweet, sweet electrons. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Magic the Gathering, yeah, <laughs> by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, I, I my experience with Age of Sigma Champions was a bit different to yours uh, because I, yes, the, the destruction deck was powerful, uh, but I didn't. It never, I, I, it never got like run away, uh, good for me. But I was dipping in and out a lot, lot less frequently. I think you climbed a lot higher on the ladder, yeah. than I did. 
So I think obviously when you were getting up towards the higher tiers, mm. you were you were facing up against the same deck again and again and again, and that's not that's never really a good sign, is it? No, it's not. And it's actually a good point to move on to the the next game we were going to talk about, which is Warhammer Underworlds, mm-hmm. which is. They've actually introduced a banned and restricted list for this, which is something I did not expect for this game. Okay, so which? Uh, how many cards are on it? So five cards have been banned, all told. Okay. And I think 15 are on the restricted now. So, okay, so banned is fairly self-explanatory. Yeah, you, you cannot use them in any organised mm-hmm. play now. Restricted is you are not allowed to have more than five of those cards Okay. on your okay. deck. Okay. And when I, when I first saw that the banned cards, I was like, fair enough, because I, like, I can't remember all of them, but the Great Concussion was in there. Ah, surprise! Aww. Which that pretty much made objective decks irrelevant. Yeah, but that's a firm favourite of yours. I've not used it so much in the past few decks that I've built. Seriously, I've not been using it as much because. Ah, because you haven't been playing against my skeletons. No. Well, <laughs> No, but there there was actually stuff that I wanted to use instead of it. Aye. So I ditched it because I thought, and it was that it was that way where you, you know, you, you've alluded to your skeletons, but you weren't coming up against objective based. Yeah, yeah, often. that's true. That's true. So you know, I was looking at earthquake and the great concussion. I just thought, eh, yeah, just got rid of them. Um, so that's been banned. Um, the the way the restricted cards work is you can only have five mm-hmm. of those in your deck. So what's an example then of a restricted card? Um there there's a whole list of them, but um there are objectives within that, there are upgrades mm-hmm. and, and there are ploys. So what is it that out of that list you can only have five? Yeah. Is that what it yeah. is, right? Okay. So it it's quite a strange one because you know normally when you can have five of these it's five of the same type right. of thing. Yeah, that's, well, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. I thought yeah, I don't remember yeah. having five of the but, same but card. You've got, in my deck. No, but you've got three card types. Yeah, yeah this is why I was a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that's so that's how yeah. it works. And there's a whole list of them that are available on the Underworld's website. I'm not going to list them all because you could spend a whole episode just talking yeah. about that. Yeah. But um, at first I was like, right, okay, I can understand the 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 banned cards, the restricted ones. I was about, hmm. but then see the amount of comments. Where people have been like, well, that's my deck irrelevant now. So it must have been an issue. Mm-hmm. And we've only done a little bit of the organised play. So yeah, we don't really have a handle on what what people are, are using in the, the meta, to use the buzzword. But the sheer volume of people that I've seen going, well, that's my deck done, makes me think that it, it probably had to happen because I think that people, it was becoming quite homogenous. Mm. I hadn't seen too much on it. However, there was a discussion in one of the board game groups on Facebook and somebody had said, does this mean the return of objective base games? Yeah. In, in, in relation to that. And there was a really interesting discussion Probably the opposite then. So yeah. Not the people that are getting annoyed, but the people who would normally be annoyed and not being able to do that. Um, but that's that's what I, what I saw. On it. It's really strange because we've always played it objective based. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I maybe tend more towards the aggressive play style, but even then, I nearly <laughs> always have something for objectives. Well, as I'm a full on pacifist. Yeah. I'm not even interested in killing anyone. Just grabbing all the money. Yeah, just yeah. give me the gold. Give me the gold. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm smiling here because, as, uh, again, as a Magic the Gathering player, it's like, ha! You guys are getting a taste of this. Yeah. This, this is fairly commonplace in yeah. Magic, particularly if you play the older formats where uh, they don't rotate cards out and uh, the, the only change-ups in the formats are cards being banned and unbanned. Mm. Right. So Modern's a great example of, uh, of a format that, that's in flux because of, not only because of the cards they're introducing, but because of the cards yeah. they ban yeah. over over time as well. So uh, I don't know, like at the, at the risk of sounding uh, unsympathetic, I'd get over it. I don't yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily articulate that the same way. <laughs> but um, as I've already said, the fact that so many people have been saying, oh, well, my deck's done now, it makes me think. What that... you build a new is, is that like, it's, it's not even like with, um, it, do, it doesn't even cost that much. To just no. just go and go and build a new one. Yeah, it's it's not like Magic the Gathering where you're going to have to buy a booster box or buy a load of singles. Aye. You, Aye, you the, have everything you need. The, my, the, this four of one hundred dollar card that I had has now been banned in this format. No. So there's four hundred dollars that's just gone out the window. No, it's not. It's not like that. Yeah. You, um, it, it's more or less the living card game format. Yeah. So you should really have everything you need at your disposal. Exactly. And there's no duplicate cards either. So. Yeah. So, so there we go. So that's uh, the banned and restricted announcements for uh, for Warhammer Underworlds. Um, what else? I mean, we could. Uh, my attempt at a smooth segue has just collapsed underneath <laughs> me here. But uh, card games, Keyforge, Keyforge. Oh, we spoke about this. In our last episode. Yes, I haven't had a chance to yeah. uh, play it again. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm keeping an open well, mind. I think we're, we're going to we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up Keyforge and we're going to pick up Transformers as well. At yeah, because we've been meaning to yeah. play that yeah. for a while. But um, we we uh, a couple of episodes ago we put it to our listeners uh, to send us in some of the daft names that have been coming out. And I I haven't been told Ben Ben's got the list. I have not been yeah, told. So them. a big shout out to Scott McKellar. Yes, thank you very much, for, Scott. Uh, forwarding this on to us. So, without further ado, I have in my possession. Okay. Uh, a list. I say a list. It, it's three. I mean, there's a whole host of of these decks where Keyforge blamed it on the algorithm essentially you, you get these randomly generated decks and they therefore have these randomly generated names yeah um and some of them are quite rude yes so so, so keyforge um or final uh, fantasy flight rather um uh, issued a recall for mm-hmm. them saying that if you turned one of them in you would get two decks seems fair in in its place but it's um if I had a deck with one of these names, there was no way I would trade. I would cherish it forever. <laughs> okay, so okay. Um, first one, Wang the Suddenly Bruised. Oof. That just sounds sore. <laughs> like... um, the, the next one, uh, you, you should know. Okay. Uh, the Emperor That Pays For Boys. Yeah. So, Why are you cheating uh, that on, Josh? I, no, right. No, this was Some one. Context, the, no, this was one of the first ones we spotted, ah. uh, which just made me laugh. 
so much. Uh, I am not cheering on the no, idea exactly of like paying for boys, or a, an emperor <laughs> or anyone should not pay for boys. Or anyone. Yeah, or anyone for that matter. <laughs> yes. um, and then finally we've got General Bone Rider Colt. Oh, wow. <laughs> he sounds like some sort of Marvel villain. Like, yeah. I'm picturing, like, a skeleton... It, right, it's, um, you know, the drill sergeant from uh, Full Metal Jacket, but it's a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. There we are. That's that's who he is. That's awesome. Um, See, Josh and I were talking about this this morning. Josh and I get the bus to work together in the morning, and we were talking about some of the names and suggestions and stuff, and I had asked about, actually... Because, obviously, you'd said the the decks are randomly generated. So there must be Sorry. an algorithm mm-hmm. to show that the deck's balanced. Because you obviously want to make sure it's a deck you can play. There's no point mm. just having random cards that don't synchronise anything like that. Yeah. So then I think, well, if you've got that, surely they would have but I think the means. And that makes, it makes me think that I believe maybe all, not all of it, but some of it may be a marketing ploy. There's Maybe, been... but at the same time, there's so many combinations of decks mm. that it is possible that they didn't check them all. But and I'm I'm not making this up, am I? There's some of the deck names are just outright offensive. Mm. Like, I mean, racial slur offensive. Oh really? Yeah. I. Uh, I'm the, these I'm, were some of the, the tasteful ones. Yeah, I, I, I'm not obviously not going to repeat the uh, the one that I spotted, but my god, <laughs> yeah, it was a bad one, was oh, it? Oh yeah, it's about as worse as it can get. Yeah. So, do you, do you think a racist employee just straight up overread the well, algorithm? Maybe, yeah, maybe, or maybe the algorithm itself is racist, and that's a terrifying thought. The, the one that I really liked, I was saying to you again, because I also walked yeah. back with you from work today, um, that somebody had shared, they'd got a deck and were sharing their cards, and it was um, Tim Fusion. Tim Fusion. <laughs> Tim Fusion. Like, uh, like one, one word. Name, Tim Fusion. All right. Just, just Tim Fusion. <laughs> was like, which sounds like, <laughs> yeah, so, sounds like some sort of lame superhero. <laughs> Tim Fusion. But, so, um, what, so what might incentivise some people to turn these in is allegedly all the offensive names are going to be banned from competitive play. Ah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So it does mean that, as funny as some of them might be, I, th- I think a lot of folk are probably going to just take a picture of it and turn it in. And the other... Um, the other... Just, um, I just... I do. Part of me does feel that it's... Uh, marketing thing because if unique games are going to be something that's going to be happening is this going to happen every time there's a release well not well they're not all necessarily going to have randomly generated names but uh, yeah not all when, unique but, games but when they do you know is this going to be surely there must be some degree of quality control there will be a degree but is anyone that that knows a little bit of about quality control will know is that they only check a percentage of yeah. everything. You can't yeah. check everything, mm. especially on the scale that Keyforge will be being yeah. produced. There's no way that they can check all of that. Incidentally, uh, I've noticed anywhere on my social media that Keyforge is getting a lot of advertising. It's a lot of attention. The other, uh, the other thing that is indicative that it is indeed the new hotness. Um, oh, yeah. There is uh, a few people have been selling their decks on eBay, like mm-hmm. particularly strong, like or what is currently thought to be competitively strong decks. There is one deck that went up on eBay 
that had reached £1,652. How many bids? Uh, 48. That is moronic. That's crazy. It is. I would like to remind everyone, we do live in a world where car- like trading cards yeah. can go up to tens of thousands of dollars for a single card. The moment you slap the word collector on on yeah, a product, then it just it has the potential to get extremely expensive. What's the most expensive magic card you've ever bought? Um, uh, right. So, uh, in all honesty, it, in terms of actually paid cash for, mm-hmm. uh, forty pound for a single card. The most expensive card that I own is in excess of a hundred pounds. Right. Okay. But I didn't. I, yeah, I, I, I pulled that out of a pack, right? I well, I effectively won it. Um, you, you, when you go to the Grand Prix, they almost have mind in those kids' arcades where where yeah. you play games and you get tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you compete in side events and you earn tickets over the weekend, and then at the end of the weekend you trade them in for a price. So yeah. I traded mine in for this collector's box, and that was one of the cards in it. Yeah. Wow! So so I knew I was getting the card. Yeah. But, uh, I, I was pretty chuffed with how yeah. I did. Um, but yeah, for, in terms of cash, forty yeah. pounds, and it was to complete a set. Yeah. So while while some of our listeners, probably my dad as well, if he's, <laughs> if he's listening to this episode, are thinking, how can you pay forty pounds for a, a piece of cardboard? Well, you know, there's a little cap- bit of values relative, but I'm just going to straight out say this: that paying. £1,600 for a deck of cards is moronic. And even if you can afford to do that, don't do it. Go and give some money to a charity or something like that. Do something useful with it. The thing the thing for me is, uh, I've no, I, we have no idea how um, long Keyforge is going to be around and popular for. I mean, it it's very big at the moment, but... It Will it keep that momentum? It's only been out for a couple of weeks. It, it might yeah. become the beanie babies of card games where everyone was saying at the time, this is worth thousands, and yeah. then ten years later, nobody wants them. We do have a lot of beanie babies. Yes, but Sat not because around. I'm a poor investor. I was a collector as a child. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Just, just putting that out there. Different. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything because most people think they're mine. No, I <laughs> when I when it. I was a lad, I had a veritable Noah's Ark of Beanie Babies. Still do. Adorning yeah. our wardrobe. I I couldn't are. bring myself to get rid of them. No, so. no, I'm I'm the same with my magic cards now. Yeah. I, like I don't I, I I think no matter how, if I was to ever really hit hard times, I don't think I could ever bear to my magic cards and my guitar. Mm. They're yeah. the things I I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to to sell. Uh, Is it you, you would resort to prostitution, but you would still have your 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 guitar and your magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> well, you've got the suit for the high class escort. Uh, well, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> you could like you could do like a wee song as well. I said moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool mini or not? Yeah. Um, what, what's that, what's been happening with cool mini or not? Flawless segue. Yeah, flawless. Um, cool mini or not have reported 
losses of $4.1 million for the nine-month period ending in September 2018. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. Is that a lot for them? Yes. 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 No, that that is is over 30% of their revenue. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Okay. So what's happened? So they are saying that the losses are due to decreases in revenue from Kickstarter. I think they've grown too big too soon because they're they've got their sprawling. I I would I would agree. I think that it's as you've just said, I think what's happened is they have gone down the road of pursuing a business model where they're just churning games out. Fingers in all the pies. Um and of varying quality as well. Yeah. Wildly varying mm-hmm. quality. Um, as far as miniatures go, cool, always good. cool many yeah. are not always do good miniatures, but um, generally speaking, a lot of their their games are middling to poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think because you you need to you need to think about this like they're they're saying it's decreases in revenue from Kickstarter, but <clears throat> I, I I do feel like Charlotte's saying that they've overextended, because in order to churn out the volume of games that they're doing, um, they they need to very often pay for licenses. They've done quite a few license yeah, games, yeah. Uh, Wacky Races, a couple others like that. Um, the manufacturing cost on miniatures is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're producing as many games concurrently. As cool many or not are, you're paying for designers, you're paying for sculptors, you're paying for artists, mm-hmm. you're paying for warehouse staff, mm-hmm. you're paying for delivery men, uh, packers. That's there are so many costs associated with pursuing that business model that I'm not really surprised. Yeah. No, uh, but uh, the point I I want to make is is this a problem that is unique to cool mini or not or are we starting to see a decline in the tabletop industry in general it has been steadily increasing pretty much since the late 90s there's not an awful lot of businesses that can just continue to grow and grow and grow without entering some sort of period of decline as the uh, supply outstrips, deba- starts to outstrip the demand for it, which is kind of what Cool Mini or not have been doing. They're spitting games out. I can't really speak for general tabletop industry, but on Kickstarter, there was, I can't remember the, the organised, I can't remember the company now, mm-hmm. but they'd issued a, a statement just to their backers mm-hmm. to say that they'd seen a trend. Um, over the past maybe five or six games that they've released of the amount of people backing one dollar uh-huh. and uh, it started at the first one at maybe 2.3 percent okay and it was 3.5 percent 7.8 percent and i think in the last game it was 17 percent of the backers were one dollars that's quite a lot it's a lot and they were saying they understand that a lot of people um pledge a dollar to get into the to keep up with the updates uh, further down the line Um, but they've seen an increasing number now whether that means there's more people engaging with the process potentially or whether there's more people opting 
because there might be too many games. There might be there's not enough, you know, not enough from your wage to go out, so you're being saturated with games. I think there are a number of factors at play. I think I think cool many or not have grown too quickly mm-hmm. um, and have overextended themselves. Um, I I do think that um, the market is oversaturated, but um, I had a discussion with um, it was over on the Dice Roll Cafe Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a couple of the the people there uh, this morning because. Uh, Kenny had shared the article and um, we've touched on this a couple of times before um, how in the early days of video games Mm -hmm. they were very much informed by the tabletop Yeah, but where there was a a period I think where video games was in its infancy but is now I would argue it has, has grown to the point where, in many ways, it is a more evolved. It's a matured medium than the yeah. tabletop, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good a good phrase to use. It's a, it's a matured media um, or medium. Um, that's not an old psychic, right? Is no, it? no. There's your dad jokes. De- Derek Akora, he's yeah. back. <laughs> Slot. <laughs> <laughs> we we get a lot of Derek Akora references on this podcast. Yes, and we, we will continue that trend. Yeah. We'll yeah. continue that trend. Sorry, we were talking serious business there. Yeah. For, uh, so, <laughs> so, what what are the things that that I've noticed is that, and, and we've talked about it before. Video games are now informing tabletop mm-hmm. because tabletop still has a bit to go yeah, although yeah. it's been around for a long time I think tabletop as we know it um, still has a bit of growing up to do. It's probably more rather than design philosophy more on the business models right? I, th- I think a bit of both maybe a bit yeah okay sure um, but I'm saying that to say that one of the things that I've noticed is that tabletop is starting to encounter obstacles that video mm. games have already circumvented or surmounted. Well, I mean, ways. if you look way back to videos, uh, video games in the early to mid eighties, right? This is kind. Is this kind of the problem we're having now, where you've got terrible quality? Like, just too many video games came out in the eighties on the Ataris, uh, and that lot caused consumers to lose confidence. Well, and is that maybe what's happening? These things come in cycles yeah. because this problem actually repeated itself in 2013 mm-hmm. in the video game market. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, uh, what happened was we had a, a run of AAA games that were just not ready yeah, for they public weren't consumption. <laughs> but people rushed them out. Um, yeah. Assassin's Creed Unity, in many respects, the original Destiny game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a few others. Yeah. Big, big multi-million pound games mm-hmm. from very prominent international publishers with that were fundamentally broken. Yeah. But what happened was there was a change in dynamic and what what happened up till that point was that the video games industry was dictated by the publishers. Yeah. They set the release dates and those developers worked to that come hell or high water, mm-hmm. and then they put that thing out yeah. for that date. But what happened was because there was a run of such poor 
work and mm. it was it was an industry-wide problem it wasn't yeah. just one or two developers what you're actually seeing now is is games are sometimes i, I mean red dead redemption 2 i think was delayed by nearly two years mm-hmm. because what happened was the developer turned around and said we're not ready yet yeah we need more we need, time we need to get this right and take two interactive which is one of the biggest companies in the world just turned around and said right we're not putting out yet we're mm-hmm. going to delay it until it's ready and I say that to say that I think what's happening is that tabletop is is rushing out a glut of games. But um, I would say that Kickstarter encourages that because you don't need a finished product. It does to be yeah. on Kickstarter. It does because it, yeah. it's to to use um, one of my friends' phrase. Uh, it, it's all fart and no poo. It's uh, that it's, is disgusting. It's style over substance. It is disgusting. It's a disgusting business model. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the fart and poo econom- economics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's... In many ways, it's a mirror image of 2013 or yeah. the 80s in video games where people, you know, like... You know, the guys with the cigars and the cognac and all that. Like, oh, here. Got a, a nice little cash grab here. And they milked it for all it was worth. But they ended up shooting themselves in the foot mm. because you can only push the market and therefore the consumer so far and then they'll turn around and go actually this is shit yeah. we're not doing it anymore I, I think as well though there is a I think there has been um, maybe I'm being quite naive or just quite um, realistic, idealistic even maybe um, that I do feel there is a change in the um, ethical perception I suppose of a lot of people, where I know a lot of people. In relation to what? Uh, well, even just in general, but in, especially in tabletop okay. gaming, I do feel that people are more likely to support an independent designer mm-hmm. than they are. Not mm. saying instead of, but you do feel I have I have seen that a lot of people will go all out for a small independent designer, whereas maybe they would just um, sort of go with it. Yeah. It a, no, so I think some of the. The, the big flashy Kickstarters. I mean, you 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 go on and look at some of the comments there, and a lot of, you know a lot of people have got this top backer title. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are absolutely fanatical about companies like Cool Mini or not. Yeah. Um. So I think maybe that's been our experience, like being around conventions and things yeah. like that, where there is more of a community spirit. But there there is still obviously it's slowing down a bit if Cool Mini or Not's numbers are anything to go by, but there's still a a pretty sizable market out there that are... Yeah. I, I don't think necessarily... I don't think it's that they don't care. I th- I think they're, they're maybe not aware of or, or don't understand the, the, lo- the f- longer-reaching consequences of that sort of economy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, do, I do even just thinking there, though, I, I do remember um, Justin from Bad Cat Games when I was chatting to him about the um, the relaunch of Gladiatores and he'd said that he was trying to find a good window but then realised there was no good window. Yeah. You just, there's no, there's no space. There used to be that there was maybe a quiet period. Yeah. There's, a low, there's not anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's constant. And one of the things that we said further back actually talking about the independent guys is that they're it's becoming more and more common for people to cancel Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. It is as though the the well is maybe drying up a little bit, and then whatever portion is left there 
you know, like you say, there's a lot of uh, one dollar pledges. Pe- people are having round. to be a bit more selective, yeah. and it does mean, unfortunately, a lot of the time that the independent guys are are yeah. losing out on the mm. market share to these bigger guys. So, because I mean, we've we've had months where we've had to decide. You know, we've not had as much money as we would like to spend on board games, yeah. and so we've had to decide which one we want to prioritise. And as then, long, as long as the choice is in between board games and food. No, no, no. I mean, like on Kickstarter. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> and like, Hopefully, but, my my but hope. What I, what I wanted to say was there has been times where we've still maintained a pledge. Yeah. Even maybe lowered the pledge mm-hmm. slightly, but yeah. we still wanted to show our support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wanting to. My sure. my hope is that the the developers, more the publishers, to be fair, um, but sometimes it's both. Um, will take stock of, no pun intended, of what's happened with uh, Love it. with Cool Mini or not, Love it. and we will see a decline in these lunatic prices yeah. that are being charged for board games now, because a lot of the time actually, and I didn't think this would happen, I'm finding myself choosing between whether I buy a video game yeah. or a tabletop game. And a lot of the time, it's the video game that's winning out no, because I... it's like I pay fifty pound for the video game, and I'm going to get what a hundred hours mm-hmm. out of that. Whereas the tabletop game might get played a couple of times. There we are. So it, it's it's not just the market that's at stake here. I I, I do believe it is the overall longevity and, and health of the 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 hobby. But I, I don't think the outlook is necessarily bleak. I think there is time to change. And I th- I think it starts with people just not being so bloody greedy. Well, yeah. I was going to say that I think this is even... This might already be the beginning of the change. Hopefully. Yeah. I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah. And there is a window in which they can choose to heed that. The writing's on the wall. The dude's still there. Yeah. He's got his pen out. Writing some obscenities about drawing someone's, someone's yeah actually yeah give it give a man uh, a blank canvas and the first thing he draws is a is a cock and balls yeah. Uh, but yeah there's still time as, as Picasso once said yeah. <laughs> so um, on that on that cheery note there is oh. one last thing that we did forget to talk about my edit that we bit so it doesn't sound like we forgot to talk about it there's one thing we want to finish up on. Oh yes, and that's what will be happening next week in Glasgow. Yes, there is uh, the Lucky Sparrow Cafe. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice, <laughs> smooth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the way everyone's looking at me. Like, uh, like you should know this, Ben. Yeah, like, sure. you should, yeah. We talked about this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Lucky Sparrow is a new board game cafe yep. that's going to be opening in the south side of Glasgow, yes. in the Shorelands. Our locality. Our, our, our turf. Yeah. yeah. On our turf. Yeah. Lucky Sparrow and then Lucky Frog. <sighs> yeah. So, we're going to balance each other's look out. We'll just be a sparrow and a frog. Imagine it being quite zen. Yeah. The sparrow and the frog sounds like... An old timey pub. <laughs> well, there we are. Yeah. Uh, so that opens on Friday, the thirtieth of yes. November. Yep. Uh, we are going to be popping along on the 29th, on the 29th yes. for their press night. Yes. Ooh, exclusive. Yes, we don't need to 
go in with the unwashed masses. Yes, I shall dust my monocle. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> my bowler hat. <laughs> One coffee <laughs> and a copy of Kaplunk to play, please. <laughs> The gentleman's game. <laughs> the the ge- everyone knows that old geezers with monocles love kaplunk. Yes. That's why they wear the monocles. It's and so it, that they don't accidentally stab themselves with one of those sticks. It was a favourite in the colonial clubs. Yeah. The days of yore. <laughs> yes. So yes, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, no doubt have a chat, a good chat with the uh, Lucky Sparrow folks, and uh, let you know how the uh, opening goes. Yeah, and get yourself down there. If yeah. you have anything planned for the 30th, get down there. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be having... Some... Get along on the 30th, but it'll be open thereafter. Yes, so. of course. Yeah. Cool. And on that uh, decidedly more upbeat note than the cool <laughs> mini or not news, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, and until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Tom. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, If you want to check out more Unlucky Frog, check their Facebook page. You can find it by searching Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also support them on Patreon. And uh, check out their website at www.unluckyfrog.com. Mention the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Forget the Twitter. They've got Twitter, too. It's pretty cool.